Oh, here we go. Oh, just need a microphone. Need to adjust the lighting too. Let's do that right now. That'll do it. Hey, welcome back. Monday night, you know what that means. It means not everything's exactly the way it's supposed to be, but that's looking better. I think everything's straight. I'm still wearing my rugby top, but we'll be okay. Hey, welcome to the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your friend and host, Chris Schreier. Hey, Anthony, good to see you right out of the gate. Like you were waiting for it. Oh boy, kids, how you been? You had a week? I've had a, had a great week last week, actually. Still fighting this sore rib. It's getting better. Had some laser treatment on Friday. Man, that made a big difference. I've, uh, I haven't needed nearly as much medication to uh, manage the pain. So that's positive. Gonna head down to the rugby practice tomorrow. I'm not gonna participate too heavily because I don't want to re-injure it. I want to give it time to get better, but I don't want to be missing these drills. Got to be able to keep up with it. Oh, and here's beer and a bozo. Very good. The gang's all here. The gang's all here. Love it. Hey, now, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you're the only one right now who knows I called it this. But uh, normally I name the episodes the name of the beer and then uh, the brewery and then the season in episode information. Tonight, went with a bit of a, a cheeky title. Oh, and of course, if you're listening to the podcast, you've probably already seen it in your feed. Call it tonight Booty Call. Because uh, that's what we're having right here. If you're watching the video, you should recognize that can. I'm positive I've done this on the podcast before. This is the, and again, going to butcher the check, Svetli Ledzak 12. This is the Czech Premium Pilsner from Godspeed Brewery. Let's get a sip of it, and then we'll talk about it being a booty call. Give me one second. Oh, and Craft Beer Cons has joined. Look at this. Like I say, hello. Welcome aboard. Let's get a good uh, Hollywood pour. Dirty glass, probably, just to warn you. But uh, a dirty glass can't reduce the beauty of this beer. This beer is... Well, like I said... Uh, was that last week I defined a beer as perfect? This one's pretty much perfect, too. That is clear. Not quite brilliantly clear. Very clear gold. Nice firm white head. Smells of Pilsner Malton Saws hops. Ah, oh, it does what it says on the can. Speaking of which. Just drink about half of it. That was really good. Uh, what does it taste like? Yeah, Pilsner Malt Saws hops. It's delicious. It's cold. It's wet, snappy. It's got some barley sweetness to it, but it's not a sweet pilsner. And believe me, if you want to, um, if you want to demonstrate this to yourself, go to the LCBO. You can buy singles of beer, right? Single cans. Um, take a PBR. That's a popular one. Or uh, what else have I had recently that really caught me off guard? Um, oh, I'm blanking now, but. Uh, you know what? I bet if you try a Canadian or, or uh, actually Coors Banquet, um, not as bad. But the point that I'm making is these are beers that are sweet. And by sweet, I mean like not quite like soda pop sweet, but like soda pop sweet. Whereas beer to me, with a few exceptions, 
should always have at least a mild to major bitterness to it. But bitter, bitter is a flavor, and I don't want to sound judgy here, but it's a it's a it's a grown up flavor, and uh, it's not for everybody. It's something you kind of grow into as a child. Did you ever come across some chocolate in the baking cupboard in your kitchen and you ate some and then you realized it was baking chocolate with no sugar? It's like 90% cocoa <laughs> with no sugar. And you were expecting like uh, like a Mr. Big. That's not an appealing experience for a lot of people. I did that a couple of times and then I ended up getting into a place where I like bitter chocolate. Uh, still do prefer my chocolate high cocoa low sugar um but bitterness and i'm not bragging here like tons of people like bitter stuff this isn't boastful but from my where i'm standing and and i've spent a lot of time um cooking don't know if a lot of you know this or not kind of lost track how much you all would know about me but uh i'm actually i'm a trained french chef that was my first job uh, i went to school for that i did my 5,000 hours uh at le select bistro i also worked at a place called zoom which is where uh, beer bistro is now so i always get a little twitchy when i go in there because i got fired from that job long story maybe i'll tell it to you maybe i'll tell it to you in a minute because that's the point of this episode I'm gonna it's a fireside chat booty call um but my experience with the general, certainly where I live, Toronto, uh, let's even just go to Western, uh, the Western world uh, public, we tend to like things that are sweet, salty, and fatty, and often all three. Um, bitterness is not a flavor that the, the majority of people seek out. Again, this is in a fairly white Anglo-Saxon Western culture. I know culturally there are places where bitterness is fantastic and people love it. And that's a whole nother ball of wax. Um, and certainly in parts of Europe, bitterness shows up in uh, in some European uh, cooking styles pretty regularly. But for North Americans especially, we're taught from a young age through the food that we're often fed, especially if you were fed uh, like little jars of Gerber, to really like salt. Those things have insane amounts of salt in them and to really like sugar. They have a ton of sugar in them. And that's done literally on purpose to condition humans as babies to like sweet and salty things because then you'll buy soda pop and sugary cereal and potato chips that are covered in salt and especially processed foods which are laced with sugar and salt um, so we're conditioned to like sweet and salty to the detriment of enjoying bitter things um, because processed food tends not to be bitter so it's not profitable to make us like bitter things um, so in a way if you're a hipster and you want to stick it to the man, consume bitter things and get get used to them and find enjoyment in them because they are enjoyable. Um, and in fact, I would encourage you to explore the uh, the five major uh, um, tastes, as we call them, not flavors, but tastes, sweet, salty, bitter, sour and umami. Um, learn to enjoy all of them. You won't be sorry. I need another sip of this beer. I might come close to finishing it. Give me one second. I was coaching rugby again today. No surprises there. Yeah, I finished that. Um, two sips. Not bad. Um, that was a good beer. 
I'm going to have another. I'm actually going to have a different beer. It's still a booty call with Godspeed. Don't you worry about that. Um, but well, that's what I was saying. This beer uh, should have a, a pronounced bitterness to it. You still get a bit of sweetness from the malt, but the overall uh, taste is is bitterness. Oh, and, and Beer Nabozo says, yeah, it's not cloying sweet, and that uh, they're conditioned uh, to the sweet and the salty. Hey, I am too. I love me some potato chips. I was saying to my wife uh, the other day, we haven't had anything sweet in the house in a while, which is good because like I'm working out a lot. I, I'm trying to, I'm not, I'm not like making an, uh, going out of my way to eat healthy, but by making smart choices about what you keep around, it limits how, how many bad choices you can make. Um, Cause I will always make the bad choice given the opportunity. Uh, but, uh, but oh man, I do love a potato chip or a corn chip. Oh, I love a good corn chip. <sighs> Pardon me. Beer and Bozo says small cans, not good. Disagree. Oh, and Jake has just joined. Hey, Jake Allens. Um, disagree. Love small cans. Love them for exactly that. In two gulps. Well, it was a couple of gulps, but two sips. I drank that beer. It was fresh. It was cold and it was great. Uh, tall boys, you can do that with. It takes like an extra sip. And the other thing with tall boys, especially with like bigger beers, um, I actually dislike tall boys in general. I, I prefer small cans across the board. Uh, but, uh, but tall boys, you know, they can warm up. Now that said, I drink dab out of tall boys all the time and they're not even 474 mil tall boys. They're European fives. So even a little bit more, 25, 26 more mils of beer. I've never had one go warm on me. So maybe my logic isn't uh, sound, but I think I always feel a little pressure. Yeah, you got to get through this. Okay, booty call continued. Hang on. What do we got today now? Uh, this is another one I can't pronounce. V. Ocelli. It's got a really long name up top. Ledzak Originalinio Plesnitskipatipata. It's the old style Pilsner. So we just had the premium Pilsner. This is the old style Pilsner now. Slightly different beer. By the way, I looked it up. Do you remember I did, um, Indie? Yeah, it was Indie. Indie's, um, old style Pilsner. Theirs was in Oak Footers. Uh, this is steel and it actually even says somewhere on here, uh, or maybe it's on the website, steel version, because they do do the Footer version. Um, but it, I remembered as soon as I saw that, um, it's like the label on that one's inverted. So instead of it being a black label or a white label, it's a black label and uh, it's still green, it might still be white, but anyway, it looks different. That's the point. Uh, and that one was an oak and we have done that on the podcast. I, as soon as I looked at it, it all came back to me as um, Celine Dion said, I think it was Celine Dion. Uh, it's all coming back to me now. Quebecois out there, anybody represent? Anyway, um, this is the old style Pilsner. So this one, I know for a fact, floor malted Pilsner, um, slightly different preparation. And he, um, Bim might be using a different source of, of saws. It might be like a Czech source uh, and the saws and the premium might be Canadian. I'm not sure about that. I should get Bim on the pod. That'd be fun. I haven't talked to him in ages and ages. Hang on a sec. I need a sip of beer. I won't drink half of it. I promise. I'm feeling better now. Oh yeah, it's great doing them that way. It's a softer bitterness. It's a little less edgy. Um, it's got a softer mouthfeel. One of the things about Pilsner, uh, soft water, right? Um, so 
uh, not a lot of salt additives, um, very plain water. The, the, the water in Pilsen, um, the groundwater filters through, I, I think it's sandstone, and uh, it becomes quite soft. And uh, that's demonstrating it through and through. Really nice. Having another sip. Then I'm going to explain to you why this is a booty call. Oh, that's good. It's a booty call. A, because things just happen. Nothing major, nothing, no problems. Everything's great. But, you know, I went and sat on the beach yesterday for a good spell, which I often do on a Sunday when the weather's nice, and especially when the green flags are flying, because I can go in the water. Played some guitar, soaked up some rays, patted my dog. Uh, then we went uh, for the first time since COVID to our uh, little local all-you-can-eat sushi place, which the kids especially have missed, and certainly I missed. And we ate all we could, and uh, I had to walk home with a fairly sore full belly. I uh, did not feel like sourcing any beers last night, and then today, because of rugby practice and a crazy day at work, I just didn't have time. I do actually have a Rorschach beer in the fridge I could have done. It's another one of the barrel-aged ones. But I thought, no, you know what? Now, let me be perfectly frank with you, okay? I've never made a booty call. Uh, I know what they are. I know people who've done this. Uh, and I'm talking interpersonally, sexually, as it were. Uh, this episode's going to get a little blue, perhaps. But uh, I've never made a booty call. You, do you want to know why? Because my wife, my darling wife, Erica, uh, we've been married, oh gosh... We got married in 2003. So this November will be our 18th wedding anniversary. I've been married for almost 18 years. And on top of that, we'd been dating for five years when we got married. So I've been with Erica for 23 years which is kind of weird to me because in my brain, I still don't really feel like I'm much older than 23 and I'm like 41 or will be shortly. So anyway, super weird. Beer Boza says there's a movie about the mailman always rings twice. It's the, uh, the mailman always knocks twice. And yeah, fantastic. Raymond Chandler. Great film. I did a whole course in high school about film noir. It was beautiful. I'm going to add that to the story list. We're keeping an eye on the time. The point is to say, and by the way, what I'm doing right now, just this free association chitter chat, jibber jabber, that's the point. That's all we're doing tonight, guys. I do have one PSA, but it's down the road. I need a sip of beer. It's hot in here. Mm. Anyway, I never had a booty call because I've been with the same woman for 23 years, which is to say since I was 17. Um, and at that age, I don't know if it's vain to say I didn't need to make booty calls, but booty call implies somebody you've been with, split up with, and you go back to. I just kept... Anyway, we don't need to go there. I never made a booty call. Um, but this episode's like a booty call because this beer is my booty call. Booty calls most of the time, I mean, part of it is like you need to, you, you, you know... You got an itch. There's only one way to scratch that itch. Well, there's two, but one of the ways is a lot better. So you call somebody up that you know probably has the same itch, and maybe you can scratch each other's itches, 
And you know them. You know what you're getting. You're comfortable with each other. There's no... Well, one of the problems with the booty call often is uh, disproportionate expectations on the parts of the participants, but we don't need to get into that. Let's just pretend that they always work perfectly and everybody knows what they're getting into, and it's a booty call. I mean, the only thing why this maybe isn't a booty call is I'm very committed to these beers. <laughs> maybe instead of booty call, I should have called this episode monogamy, because um, that's much more accurate. Um, not every week, but probably at least half the week since COVID. I bet Godspeed's kept better records of this and they could correct me. Maybe a third of the weeks. I've ordered a two for mostly of these two beers and also the Dortmunder. Um, and I'll often mix in other things. I've got six cans of their iced tea, which you should check out because it's raising funds uh, to help fight anti-Asian and Pacific Island hate, uh, which is fantastic. And the one I have right now, I haven't even tasted yet. It's Sencha from Japan. Sounds great. A couple weeks ago, we had the Jasmine one, the Chinese Jasmine tea. Very good, too. Oh, sorry. I just take up in the worst way and my rib really hurt. What was I saying? It's a booty call because this is familiar. And I just needed a familiar beer and I hadn't taken the time to seek a new one. So that's why this is a booty call. You could also call it monogamy. But by calling it monogamy, that sort of implies that what I'm doing all the other times is cheating. And that doesn't feel comfortable. I don't like that. So let's just go with its booty call. Sorry, that really hurt. Oh, I need a sip of beer. It's medicinal right now. This isn't for my pleasure. It's medicinal. Oh, I'm such an old man. Gosh, I feel like I broke it again. Oh, hey, hey, Kevin, what's going on? Welcome aboard. Okay, that done and dealt with. Hey, by the way, what are we eating right now? Whatever you feel like. What do you like with this? You want some sweet and salty foods you were conditioned as a baby to like? Go for it. Probably pretty good. Uh, I love this as a fish and chip batter starter. And then I consume it with the fish and chips. Uh, also like it with a, uh, with a pretzel. That's delicious, too. Have any of that. It'll work well. Oh, Kevin sent me the cheersy thing. Cheers, Kevin. What are you drinking? Hey, and anyone else, throw it in the chat. What are you drinking? I want to hear. Uh, in the meantime, let me tell you, I was going to tell you a story. I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> Don't remember what it was. Hey, you want to know another beer that I, um, I go to? I, I reach for when I need comfort is uh, is Guinness and a lot of people uh, frown at that I'm gonna see if um, I have to move my body to do this I actually have a Guinness tattoo it's on my wrist can you see it there for the cameras it's hard to get my arm at the right angle beer and is having a Canuck great great choice Canuck not quite a comfort beer for me I mean it should be but it isn't. I, I still go out of my way to, to pick that up. Um, but love it, man. You can never go wrong with a Canuck. Never. Um, Anthony went to Slake this past weekend, and he's sipping their Super Sunset. I know nothing about any of that, but it sounds super. I like a sunset, and I like it super. Um, anyway, Guinness. Here's the, the caveat with Guinness. Guinness in cans in Ontario, check the date codes. You're really trying to keep it like within about six weeks of production, which is tough. That's tough. Uh, it's it, it doesn't fly over. Right. They're bringing that stuff in on boats. So uh, that can be problematic. Draft Guinness, not bad, uh, as long as you're getting it from an establishment that has good turnover. 
You want them you want to go to a place where everyone's ordering Guinness because that means they're selling a couple of kegs a week. That's the level of turnover you're looking for in, in Guinness consumption. And uh, and and then, of course, if you're in Ireland, work away. You're going to be happy as a climate high tide. Uh, incidentally, stay away from draft Guinness in England. I don't know if it's still the case, but I actually um I'd heard this. I thought it was an urban myth. And then I confirmed that, in fact, it's actually true. But this was about 20 years ago. Uh, the draft Guinness in England, not in Wales and not in Scotland and certainly not in Ireland, but in England was produced at the Guinness factory in Nigeria, the Guinness brewery, of course, and sent up. But the uh, the draft Guinness in Scotland and Wales was from Ireland. And this was ostensibly because they said, well, England is such a big market. We need to direct beer from another channel. But what it actually was, was it was the Irish giving the middle finger to the English and being like, if you want Guinness, you can have the Guinness that has to travel across the Mediterranean on a boat to get here. Whereas the Scottish and the Welsh can just have it on a ferry. It takes a day and it's very fresh and very delicious. Your Guinness, on the other hand, has to travel a week to get here. So no quality problems. It's not to say the Nigerian brewery is making bad Guinness. It's just it's had to travel a lot farther to get there. And the Irish were just sticking it to the English. And who doesn't love that? Possibly the English. I digress. If you're in Ireland, Scotland or Wales, Get yourself some Guinness. Very happy. Uh, do me a favor. Don't put anything in it. Beer and Bose is Guinness Nitro in England. Good question. Uh, I believe if you have Guinness Draft, they require you to use beer gas, which is a mix. Uh, you can't serve it on straight carbon dioxide in the UK. Here you might be able to because they also pour it through a creamer tap, which is the main thing why you get such a nice cascade. Um, but most I, th I think you're required to do it on beer gas, which isn't pure nitrogen, but it's a nitrogen mix. Of course, Guinness on full nitro is the ideal and is certainly, I think, what you're getting at the brewery. Um, for those of you wondering, different gases saturate in different ways in beers. So, hey, have you seen that video of the two gentlemen drinking the helium beer? And they, they take a sip, you know, and then they sip and they talk in this high voice. Uh, adorable, right? Very cute. Completely fake. Um, helium doesn't saturate into liquid very well at all. And it's like, the amount of pressure you would need to saturate a beer with helium to get enough helium in the beer that if you were to consume it, it would create the helium in your lungs effect. It's like you can't do it at, at sea level. You have to do it like I can't remember if it was in space or at the bottom of the ocean. But the point is, you can't do it here. That video was fake. Uh, they were huffing helium. Doing a cut huffing the helium, drinking the beer, and then just talking the helium out. Uh, doesn't work. Not all gases are good to, um, we say carbonate beer, and, and the, the secret there is we're using the word carbonate. It's carbon dioxide. Um, oxygen is not a great um, 
gas outside of the fact that it oxidizes the beer. It also doesn't saturate very well. But carbon dioxide and nitrogen do, and they're both inert. They're harmless, so they won't make you sick. Oh, and here's Kevin now. Wow. All sorts coming in. Um, so if you're drinking beer, it's probably and it's draft uh, on, on a tab. It's it's probably carbon dioxide. It might be beer gas if you're getting it from a reputable, a very reputable establishment. Beer gas is a mix. And I think it's it's either two to one carbon dioxide to nitrogen or maybe three to one, three part, like three quarters to one quarter. Um, and then sometimes you'll get a tap that's a nitro tap. And I don't think it's pure nitrogen, but it's mostly nitrogen um, and uh, nitrogen. Uh, saturates in a way that the bubbles are very small. You get a very creamy effect with it. Um, incidentally, and if you haven't checked this out yet, I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but uh, Say What and Durham Brewery have finally tied the knot, as they say. They've been, they've been, they've been lived together partners for a long time, but they're producing uh, canned beers now that are nitro canned beers. Now, if you're familiar with the Guinness nitro canned beers, they have the widget, there's some really cool, interesting science about that. I'm not going to bore you with it. The granite, not the granite, pardon me, the Durham Say What cans with nitro don't use a widget. They're just carbonated with pure nitrogen. You take the can and you shake it up. You, you invert it five times and then crack it and then you pour it straight down the barrel like you do a Guinness, right down the middle of the glass. You get the same cascade like a Guinness or a Boddington's or a Kilkenny. Um, and, and the idea is they're serving its cask beer. The beer isn't filtered. It's, it's transferred from the fermenter into canning. Um, there's no bright tank. There's no filter. And so there's live yeast in there and there's nitrogen. So uh, you don't get too much of a can condition off of it, but it's, it's basically cask beer in a can. And what it presents like is like cask beer out of a creamer tap, which is what they do in, oh, the South. I think it's the South of England. They like the creamer tap. The North, they like it untapped, I think. Um, but you get these nice creamy bubbles and the nitrogen give you these nice little smooth velvety bubbles. Very nice. So if you get a chance, head down to say what front street where it's always been, uh, they're serving the cans. Or if you're in Pickering, check out Durham brewery, their patios open. Now they have it too. Uh, the, the ESB delightful hop addict, amazing. But we were talking in a group about the fact that the name is a little, by today's standards, there's nothing addicting about that hop level. It's sort of like pleasingly British IPA. Um, but uh, and and I'm why am I blanking on the, the main one? Um, there's the, anyway, they, they've got a couple and they're real nice. So check them out. Nitro cans. Uh, you shake them up, which is, you know, you feel weird doing it. And then you pour it. Um, but really nice. Let me have a sip of beer. Oh, speaking of my wife, here she comes now. Uh, anyway, all this to say, I got onto this rant because, uh, Guinness, another, uh, another beer that I tend to, uh, when, since <laughs> when all else fails, uh, I think that's how you get a drinking problem, but, uh, a comfort beer, a beer that I, I can go back to and go back to and go back to. And one of the things, um, I say Beer can be objective. I can objectively drink a beer and say, this has got floor malted Pilsner and Czech Kronsaus hops and beautiful soft water. 
and uh, the balance is great. The mouth feels nice. Good carbonation. Color and clarity, great. Presents well. That's a very mechanical, objective rating of the beer. But to me, that's kind of missing the point. And actually, it kind of bugs me. Like, I understand the need for that. Brewers need that feedback. They need data, right? They need judge judges telling them this is what I think this is what I think that's important right that's an important part of the process but most of us are not judges I'm not I've done BJCP reading I've never done any of the tests I've judged beer contests but come on I'm just a guy with a microphone you know Um, but Enjoying beers, it's subjectively isn't quite the right word, but I always think of it as as uh, ha- where you are. It's it's about the moment. It's about the people. It's about the place. If the beer is a bad beer, I mean, actually, sometimes a bad beer can create a good environment because you're all kind of hilariously enjoying the fact it's a bad beer. Um, but it tends to be a bad beer is going to ruin the moment. But as long as the beer is okay. The experience can be exceptional because the beer is just a part of it. If you're expecting the beer to do all of the heavy lifting, it had better be a pretty good beer. Um, And the reality is most of the time, most of the beers we drink aren't exceptional. They can be very good. They can be quite good. They can be good. Um, But if if your experience is tied just to the quality of the beer, you're going to limit your ability to enjoy the experience, which is one of the reasons why I find judging beers like that so tiresome you know when i'm sitting with my friends playing music on a guitar i don't want a bad beer right i want a fine beer but the beer is just one of the layers of interest in that experience right um and in fact there are times in that exact environment where there's sort of a good band of of quality or of enjoyment for the beer and if you're below it it's going to bring the experience down not in the same way but in a different way but if it's above a certain threshold you're going to miss it because your focus isn't on the beer and as it should be if you're sitting at a table with with you know three or four or five friends you got some nice food uh, the northern irish would call it you're having good crack you're having a good chat you're hanging out you're you're vibing to use the word you don't want to stop and be like, oh, hang on a sec. Oh, are you guys appreciating that the clove note is really opening up as the beers had some time to breathe and warm up? I don't know. Maybe you do. If those are the people you're hanging out with and that's how you're loving it, don't let me yuck your yum. But to me, if I'm sitting around a table at a bar, I want some junk food in front of me, some some fries, bowl of chips, something like that. Maybe some nuts, maybe some oysters. That'd be nice. Oysters, not junk food, by the way, delicious and good for you. But I want to be eating a bit. I want to be chatting. Maybe there's a cool uh, match on a rugby match or or something. Um, And the beer is just part of that. Beer should be experiential. When people ask me, they say, what's what's the best beer you ever had? I say, first of all, that's a crazy question. Best to anybody is going to be subjective. You, you can't, nobody is an objective, a fully objective judge of what's good and bad. So asking me what the best is, come on, we can do better than that. But if you ask me what my best experience drinking beer is, that's a very different question, right? 
the best beer I've ever had. I don't know. There's probably 10 that are like off the charts. Good beers. But the experience of drinking them, aside from the sense of discovery or the sense of confirmation, if I've heard that this is a good beer and I go, yeah, that's a good beer. Often that's all there is. And I'm not saying that's bad. It's just it's not much. You know, I, I, I know brewers who make beautiful beers. I've had some absolutely lights out beers from those brewers, and I have a moment of appreciation for their skill. But the best experiences, that's not the best experiences. The best experience is having beers with people. Guinness has probably been two or three of my best beer experiences ever. Not necessarily because Guinness is great. It's a very good dry Irish stout, um, especially when it's in good shape. But it's the experience. Those experiences were all in Ireland, in the Republic or in Northern Ireland. And it was about the people I was with and where I was and what we were doing. Um, the beer was just an aspect of that. It's like, to me, beer is like a team sport. If you want the beer to do all the heavy lifting, you're going to have to work really hard to find the right beer. But if you have a good team involved, the right place, the right food, the right music, the right people, that's going to be a great experience. Let me have a sip of beer. I'm going to cut to my PSA, but I, I'm glad we had this moment. Let me have a sip of this beer. It's exceptional. And this company, very good. I'm appreciating it. Mm. Oh, Beer and a Bozo, I just noticed that this. this is a while ago. Speaking of cask beer, how about getting Mrs. Brewster on from Granite? Mary Beth. I would love to have Mary Beth on uh, on the podcast, and I will definitely ask her about it. Um not 100% sure it's her vibe, but if she's into it, I'm into it. Mary Beth and I, um, friends for sure. Uh, we hang out at the beach sometimes. She'll bring her kids down and hang out with our kids. It's, it's quite nice. Um, our kids are very different ages, but you know, we, we figured it. Um, uh, and I would love to, uh, it would be great. Uh, so I'll look into that. I will ask Mary Beth and I would love to drink some granite beer. It's been a minute since I've had a good granite beer, especially, I mean, I love the open ferment stuff they do, the the proper English styles. Um, but Mary's making Mary Beth's making some very good uh, closed fermenter. I think they call it FVX. It's their closed top fermenter. Um, she's making some really kick ass beers on that. Actually, they're having their anniversary. She just made their anniversary beer. What if I'm going to look into it, see if it doesn't have to be on or right at their anniversary, but we could do a, a granite anniversary show. Get Mary Beth on. We'll drink the anniversary beer. That could be fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Beer and a says many times I've experienced beers. I was most anticipating the experience was rubbish. Cause I was on the couch alone. Yeah. I mean, you can really, really, really like the beer, but if it's just you with the glass of beer and you go, Oh, and you have, and you're oh, deconstructing and all this stuff. And maybe you're making notes on your page and then you set it down and you look around and you're like, well, that was it. I just had Hetty Topper. It's pretty good. Made the notes. Maybe I put it on untapped. That's that's fine. Again, I'm not saying that's a bad experience, but man, could you imagine just hanging out with some friends, sitting around a fire, sitting around the table at a pub, going for a walk on the beach, having a beer? It doesn't even have to be a great one. Just exceptional beers are exceptional, and they can really do some cool things to your head, but I don't know. I like a broader experience myself. That's just me. Hand up. One more sip. PSA. Then we're going to shut it down. It's getting late. 
I got places to be. Mmm. Golly, that's a really good beer. If I had to pick, by the way, between the two, I'd pick them both. <laughs> Hot tip. Uh, they're different. They're both delicious. Uh, the premium, snappier, drier. The uh, old style, a uh, little bit more balanced, uh, creamier mouthfeel. Real nice. Really enjoying that. PSA. Uh, I'm in a Facebook group. I'm in a few, but one in particular. Um, I think this was on Nano and Microbrewers of Canada, which, if we're honest, I don't really have any business being part of. I'm neither a Nano nor a Micro uh, Brewer. <laughs> yeah, we can't stop yet. Ben hasn't done his check-in. Well, Ben's got a baby. Uh, by the way, I said I might get Ben on this episode, and then I never asked him. So if any of you are wondering why is that Ben Johnson asshole not on this app, it's because I didn't even invite him. I didn't have time to get a beer. I didn't have time to invite Ben. I digress. Putting my hand up. My bad. Ben. Ben's welcome on the show anytime. He knows. He knows. Um, here's the PSA. I was, I'm, I'm on this Facebook group. I saw a post. Now, you might know that recently a lot of breweries have been very publicly celebrating the fact that they are living wage certified employers. This is very important. Uh, Depending on where you are, a living wage means different things. I mean, it means the same thing, but the number changes because a living wage in uh, like St. John's is different than Toronto because of geography. But uh, to become a certified living wage employer, there's a bunch of breweries that have done it now. I, I, I hesitate to name them because I'm going to miss people and I don't want to piss anybody off. But there are a bunch. You can look it up. Uh, the first one that came to my attention was our friends and founding podcast member, uh, Leftfield Brewery. I know at least block three people's pint, somebody, little beasts, maybe somebody out that way. There are a bunch. This is why I didn't want to do it, guys. Block three in St. Jacob's is definitely one. Kevin Freer, Kevin Duggan pointed out and Kevin Freer would kick my butt for not mentioning that. There are a bunch and this is very important. Anyway, I'm on this group and somebody shared a post. It was a, a job posting for a, uh, oh, and Beer Nabosa says Muskoka was the first and you are dead right. They were the first uh, in Ontario, I believe. I'm, I'm not sure outside of that. Um, somebody shared a job posting um, you know what's funny? I was going to say, I'm not going to name who it was. I would 100% name who it was. Oh, and Ben Johnson just arrived. We can shut down the show almost immediately. Uh, anyway, the point is somebody posted this job posting. It was for a brewery, I think, in Toronto. Uh, they're opening they're hiring a head brewer. The job description was insane. Uh, the the. What they were requiring this one person to do, one person, uh, was the job of a, uh, a head brewer, a packaging supervisor, and a staffing supervisor. Oh, and, and uh, um, uh, what's the word? When, when you're in charge of maintaining health code, like a compliance officer. So four roles, one person. For a brand new brewery, it doesn't exist yet, as far as I know. They're they're starting up, yeah. Opening pay, the 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 the, the compensation, forty thousand dollars Canadian a year. But don't worry, there's free parking at the brewery. That isn't just insane; it's offensive. Okay, if we took those four roles. All four of those, 
I was going to say except, but I'm not even going to say except. There's one of them that would only be a little underpaid. The other three, and really all four of them, underpaid, and the other three, wildly underpaid. So here's the PSA, friends. And I haven't had to do this. I've never done it on the podcast. I have had to do it to people in person. And I just... I'm happy to do it again now. If you are listening to this podcast, watching on Instagram, watching on YouTube, wherever you're consuming this, if you're thinking, no, correct, correction, not if you're thinking, you've already thought about it and you've decided we're going to do this. You've put together the business plan. You've got funding. I don't know where you got it, but you've got it. Maybe the bank, maybe private. I don't care. You've got funding. You're hiring a head brewer. Okay, first of all, If you need to hire a head brewer, as in you don't know a head brewer who is willing to come work for you, I'm not saying you shouldn't do this. I'm just saying you might want to spend a little bit more time in the industry getting to know people in the industry because you can't swing a cat in a bar in Toronto and not hit at least a potential brewer. They're not hard to find. Niagara College has been pumping them out for a prolonged period of time now, seven years or eight years now, I can't even remember. There's not a shortage of potential head brewer staff. On top of that, most breweries that have a staff bigger than five people are 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 working up some head brewers, their associate brewers right now, or maybe they're a head brewer at a bigger brewery, but they could wait. I've done that wrong. But the point is, <laughs> you might have a brewery with six people on the brewing staff. Some of them are going to be ready to move to running the show at a new brewery. There are plenty. You should at least be able to find your head brewer. And if you're a startup, bring them in. A, offer them more money than $40,000, you dumbass. And B, also, on top of more money, also offer them equity because they're there on the ground floor and they're going to do so much heavy lifting you won't even believe it, right? So that's tip number one. Tip number two, you don't have to do that. You can come in cold. You don't have to know anybody. If you've got the money, you could probably make it work. By the way, what's the money right now? Toronto, start a brewery. You want enough runway that you don't go to business. Let's call it two and a half million dollars. If you don't have two and a half million dollars in the bank, don't even bother. Okay, right now, don't even bother. If you're a really passionate home brewer and you think you can make it work, you can probably ignore me and you will anyway. But if you've got backing, your backing better be 2.5. Okay? Just take that and run with it. Eight years ago, it was about a million dollars and it's only gone up. And with COVID, it's only gotten worse. So you need 2.5. Why do you need so much money? Because you need to pay your head brewer more than $40,000 a year, you dumbasses. Your head brewer, this is the person who's making the thing that's going to make your business successful, right? You can have the hottest servers in your tap room that you want. If the beer is crap, no one's coming. So your head brewer needs to be your best compensated person on staff, right? Head brewer, out of the gate. Small brewery, and they don't have equity, 
Call it 65 to start with benefits. And if you can't offer that, you can't open a brewery. And if you do, you will lose all that money and the brewery will close and people like me will dance on your grave. So, PSA. If you have a job posting up in Toronto right now for a head brewer, and I can't remember your name, but I thought it started with an L. I'm not going to look it up, but I think it started with an L. And you're hiring not just a head brewer, but a compliance officer, a packaging person, and a, a, what did I say, a staffing person. If you're hiring that role, A, you're over 100,000 out of the gate. B, that person can't do that job. That's too many jobs for one person to do. They're going to do all of them badly. And C, give that person more money if you're going to do that. And if they can successfully do it, they probably should have like 30% of the company. So take that and run with it. Anyway, rant over. Uh, I'm going to finish this beer. I'm going to have a sip real quick. We're going to wrap it up. What did we learn tonight, kids? Well, it's been fun, and I'm glad you came for the ride. We learned that sometimes you need to have a booty call beer. You just need to reach out for that thing that's comfortable, that's familiar. You both know what you're getting into. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's smooth and easy and ready to rock. And that's what I did. Two delicious beers from Godspeed. We also learned that sometimes you need to drink a single beer in two sips. I was hot. I'd been coaching rugby. I'd been shouting at children. Sometimes you just need a beer. And it went down perfect. For me, my booty call beer, it's Godspeed. But there's no secret about that. Oh, we got some more comments. <laughs> beer Nabosa says, Head brewers need reindeer names like Tweety, Lackey, Bim, Spinny, and Bebo. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. Mm. Finish that beer. Let's finish this podcast. Booty call beers. Great. Let's tell some stories. Let's hang out. I've had a ball. If you're hiring a head brewer, you should not be paying them $40,000 a year. You should be paying them a lot more than that. Free parking on site. Not a benefit. Uh, offer them at least health and dental. Uh, also, make sure that the role is actually the job. Uh, you're not trying to get one person to do four things. That's the PSA. What are we going to do next week? We're going to hang out. We're going to have some beers. Um, don't know who with. Got to check in. Check in the anniversary schedule with Granite. I think we're still, I think it's in August. I think we still are owed a Ben Johnson appearance. Uh, if we can drag him out of fatherhood. And uh, then he can promote his podcast, which is really why people want me to talk to him anyway. Ben, I'm pretty sure you're still listening. And uh, other than that, yeah, it's great. Did you watch the Lions game on Saturday? That was a test match for the ages. Uh, they're playing again this Saturday. It could be equally banger-ish. So all I can say is go Lions. By the way, they won. If you didn't watch, they won. Also, I didn't say it out loud because I was a little nervous, but I called it five points. It was 22 to 17. Anyway, that's it. Uh, got my little bit of rugby in at the end. Have a good night. Have a good day. Take care of each other. Take care of yourself. Uh, it's going to be a nice week. Might get a little rain, but get out there, man. It's some beautiful weather out there recently. You should be getting outside and enjoying it. Uh, as I stated last week, get your vaccinations. If you haven't, what are you thinking? Don't be stupid. Get jabbed up. We all need that. Uh, support your local bars and breweries. 
I know Godspeed's open back up. If you want to go sit at a table, they'll let you do it. They waited a long time uh, and they're holding up. But I know their uh, service staff would certainly like it if you came in and tipped the crap out of them. Here's my challenge to you, friends. Look at your budget. And if genuinely all you can afford is to go and just have a normal night, do that. Enjoy it. Don't let this bring you down. Hey, <laughs> it's been a tough, I don't even know anymore, 17, 19, 20 months. Who knows? But if you're in a place where you got some money, go out. I dare you to tip your server 50%. I dare you to. If you can. Don't put yourself out. Well, put yourself out a little. Make yourself a little uncomfortable. Tip your server 50% and then don't buy breakfast at a cafe the next day. Now, that doesn't make sense. Support cafes, too. If you can, tip your server 50%. That's my goal for you. I can't right now. Full disclosure. That's too much. It's out of the question for us right now. But if you can, that'd be real special. They'd really remember that. And that's the thing. On a... You buy, what... $30 worth of beer and you pay 45 bucks that's not a huge step up and that would be massive for them they'll really appreciate that so if you can do that that's the Toronto Beer Blog Challenge of the Week go out and tip your server 50% and otherwise have a good week uh, I will be back I know next weekend Monday is the holiday we will be back in town we're going away for a bit but I will be back so I think I'm going to drop an ebb and um I'm going to be very close to uh, Belmont Lake Brewery, so I wouldn't be surprised if I've got some Belmont beer next week, but we will see how that plays out, because I might just drink it all, in which case I might just drink some more Godspeed. We'll have to see. You guys have a good night, and we'll talk at you in seven days. Bye.